Welcome to the Movie Potluck Podcast, the podcast where you never know what dish the guys are bringing to the party. Movie reviews of the films that might have slipped right off your plate and gotten snatched up by Grandma's mean old poodle. Behind the scenes info that might just have that secret ingredient you've been craving all day. Special guests, surprise interviews, a lot of laughs, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, Big Bear Joe and Bigger T. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Movie Potluck Podcast. Big Bear Joe and Bigger T. What's up? What's up? What's up, up, Big Joe? How you doing, up, buddy? Big T, man. This movie we watched this time, man, it's it's all on you, man. You, the uh, couple movies we've done, we both come into it liking it or agreeing, but this one right here, man, you you suggested this. It's a movie that uh, I vaguely heard about when it was come out. It's uh, it's ten years old. It's got some huge stars in it. Um, but you suggested, man, I watched it and absolutely loved it. Um, it's one of those that I feel like I can watch over and over again and definitely would recommend to people. It's uh, called The Way, Way Back. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not you, to be confused you get, you get a with the, this one, man. Not to be confused with The Way Back with yeah. Ben Affleck. Right. One about a, a coach or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, you know, this was, I, like I told you, this is one of those that um, I always would – you know, I never kept HBO like, you know, back in the day I, I would, I would get, I would get HBO to, cause I liked watching hard knocks. Mm-hmm. And so when I would have it, I would get it for just a month and, and I would just uh, watch as many movies and record some, you know, if I didn't have time to watch them on my DVR and then I would cancel it once hard knocks was up, you know, and then I would, you know, watch movies. Well, this was one that I caught, the first time I watched it, I remember I caught it probably about 20 minutes into the movie. And, uh, I read the synopsis, you know, on my TV, on my guide, on my TV or whatever. And I thought, well, that looks interesting. I'll check it out. And I saw that Steve Carell's in it and, uh, Allison Janney and, you know, some Sam Rockwell and some of these others. And I'm like, man, this, I'm going to check this out and see what it's about. And, uh, just fell in love with the movie, man. It's just, it's, it's an, it's just a neat movie. And then I went back and recorded it and, and watched it again later. And then ended up, uh, I guess buying it on Amazon prime. Cause it's one that I go back to every now and then and, and check out. Um, I'm, I was glad you liked it. I was, I was glad you appreciate it. Cause you know, sometimes, sometimes you like movies, you know, like with all these, you know, some of y'all are going to watch this podcast or listen to this podcast and, you know, we're talking like we love these movies and you're going to be like, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. But that's the way the potluck goes, ain't it, Joe? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've come to trust you for, for sure. Cause the way we talk about movies, we pretty much are in the same lane on mm-hmm. what we like, but this one's a little bit different than some of the other ones we've done. Cause it is a big production. You know, it's got major stars. It's a major mm-hmm. you know, studio film, but it still flew under the radar, you know, and it's not, you know, it's wasn't one that really was pushed. You know, you can tell that, you know, they, they didn't have to put a ton of money into it. So they didn't want to, you know, just like put a lot of money in advertising and saying, Hey, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's, I think we talked about it too. It's, 
the first time we we can remember that you know it's when Steve Carell starts to make that turn towards doing some drama, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of the Michael Scott lane and the you know Anchorman and you know, Bruce Almighty and you know and, and you know all that kind of stuff. But um, why don't you tell everybody what the kind of a synopsis? Yeah, man. I kind of give a little synopsis of it and you, and the first scene, you know, you realize Steve, like you just said, Steve Carell's in this movie and you know, you're, you're going into it. You know, I, I imagine if I would have watched it, you know, I watched it after he had done some other dramatic roles, mm-hmm. but you're going in, you know, you're going into it thinking Steve Carell, you're thinking Michael Scott, you're thinking Evan almighty, you're thinking, you know, all those, you know, just 40 year old virgin, Mm-hmm. those different roles that he had that he had played in the first scene set you up to really dislike mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve Carell it, and it's beautifully just wonderfully written um it's called the way way back because Steve Carell's character drives a old station wagon though wood wood uh texture side a woody wagon you know i guess Almost, it's it's not as as monster version as the the family truckster but it's yeah. Kind of that yeah you know it's though 80 something you know early 80s late 70s model probably uh but it's been fixed up so it's it's current times you know so it's it's a nice vehicle and it and it it, it says in it this was the same one my dad drove you know right. so anyway but uh, what it is is a story. Steve Carell is dating the mother of the main character, who is named Duncan. It's a fourteen-year-old boy. Uh, Steve Carell has a daughter of his own that she's a, uh, a older teenager, real just the kind of the stereotypical spoiled brat, prissy sort of, of teenage cool girl. Yeah, cool kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's one of the cool kids. Yeah, and Duncan is the nerdy, you know, just nerdy kid, okay, that uh, has gone through a divorce, you know, still kind of wishes he was with his dad. Uh, His dad had moved out to California or something. And so, anyway, so they're going to the Hamptons. I think it's the Hamptons, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. For the summer. Okay. So Steve Carell's character uh, has a house there. Uh, his character's name is Trent, by the way. Um, Trent has a has a house there. And so they're going there to stay for the summer. And so you have this uh, cast of characters, which are, um, you know, staying at these, these lake houses, beach houses for the summer. And um, Allison Jenny is next door neighbor and she comes in like a whirlwind which she's a wonderful comedic actress and she comes in and and she's the next door neighbor and she's got a she's a single lady she's got a a son who's great comic relief he's got a messed up eye and 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 it provides just some great comedy there her dealing with that and then she's got a a teenage daughter that is a, a one of the key characters she's kind of a she hangs out with the the Steve Carell's daughter, the kind of the uh, spoiled brat, popular girl. But she's kind of got the nerdy side to her, so she kind of is drawn to Duncan a little bit as far as friendship goes. So anyway, Duncan goes there, and he's unhappy. Um, you know, doesn't get along with this 
you know, I mean, the, the first scene sets it up. We won't tell you exactly how it goes, but I mean, it, it's just a total, uh, he doesn't get along with this boyfriend, doesn't like all that, but, you know, still loves his mom and wants to be there for her. And he's trying to find ways to stay busy. And he ends up uh, running across uh, actually a couple of times before he goes to the water park, but he runs up to the Sam Rockwell's character, Owen. And uh, Owen, uh, he ends up at this water park. And Owen is uh, manages the water park. And Owen is a character. He's a... Um, <laughs> He's a central character, but he he's kind of the guy that just hadn't grown up yet. Mm. But he's kind of at reached the age where he needs to realize he needs to grow up. And uh right. But he uh and he's got a lot of people telling him he needs to grow up, but they but he's such a loving and lovable person that people still stick with him and they still right. follow him, kind of deal, I guess is the best way to say it. But he manages the place and ends up uh, kind of seeing something in Duncan and and uh, gives him a job at the water park working there. And it's it's these two different places. Duncan is miserable at his home. He's miserable around his mom and his his and her new boyfriend and everything that's going on there. And then you have this water park where these people are just encouraging him and and getting the best out of him it's his and oasis you know, exactly oasis. exactly yeah. it's just his happy place and it's right the place where he's able to to be who he right is always wants to be you know and so um anyway he's he's there and there and there's some things going on with the boyfriend and there's uh, uh maya rudolph actually works at the at she's in it she's a she's a um Caitlin, she works there at the um, at the water park. She's kind of Owen's assistant mm-hmm. and helps run it. Uh, Rob Cordry and um, Amanda Pete, uh, they are a couple that um, they're uh, kind of friends with this Trent character, Steve Carell's character, um, and they they provide some good comedy and some other stuff too. Um, but they, they live in the Hamptons there and kind of part of the whole thing. But, but you see this, this Steve Carell's character the whole time is just, he's, he's trying to be, um, <laughs> in a way he just, he just wants Duncan out of the way so he can be with his mom. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but Duncan is, is so awkward and just not putting himself out there and things that he, he's so critical of him and he's trying to get him to do it you know in the wrong ways for sure he's trying yeah. he's trying to get him to in, in, yeah. in a lot he's, of wrong, uh, hurtful ways right um what's the what's the mom's name again uh pam yeah um tony collette plays her yeah. by the way right. which i forgot Carell and tony collette played together in uh what was that? Uh, Little Miss Sunshine, whatever mm-hmm. that movie. I think they were brother and sister in that. Mm-hmm. So this was a little different for them. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I just. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Are you gonna? I didn't know if you were gonna go on a little bit more. I was just gonna kind of add to the fact that it, it, 
the thing that really got me about this film is that all these characters who are generally in films who are over the top personalities, Mm -hmm. they're all, you know, have more of a, they're all uh, more of a reserved version of their normal characters. Even Tony Collette, who's played some really, really strong women in movies, Mm -hmm. plays more of a, a, more of a meek, you know, uh, passive, yeah. passive person. Corell is normally over the top funny. Is mm-hmm. really, you know, kind of a no. He's not kind of. He's a jerk. Yeah. You know, uh, Sam Rockwell's character. Um. You know, he's 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 really in his lane in this movie. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. talked about how you know that that could have been cast as you know he's he's the he's the cool guy the cool older he's like the he's like the cool teacher. You know, he's like a cool teacher that's like, oh, you know, you know, we'll just kind of hang out and just do whatever. But they also could have made it to where he was overly cool. You know, he's Mm -hmm. overly good looking. Sam Rockwell's not that. Yeah. They could have made him overly like party animal kind of guy. And he's not really that either. It's it's realistic. You know what I mean? These characters aren't like really overblown, you know, cartoon versions of people. They're all real characters. Even Rob Corddry, who's in a ton of funny stuff. It just has some little funny moments and he's just this co-star, you know, and mm-hmm. not really. And it's, 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 you know, you, it's a fish out of water with Duncan. Mm-hmm. He's an environment. He does not, cause it's not only is his, you know, Trent's daughter, one of the cool kids, you know, you know, one of the mean girls, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where she that with, but he's Duncan's now surrounded by these people, you know, this entire yeah. environment, you know, it's, it's upper echelon. It's, you know, kind of people looking down at other people and he's coming from a background of he's not kind of on that level as far as mm. popularity or financially or whatever. And it's a, like I said, it's a coming of age picture, but you've seen those, but this is done so differently because it's not only just following his story, it's following the parent's story because it's like almost like they're all growing up together. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> even in the movie, we talk, they talked about how, you know, uh, what's the girl's name that's the, daughter of a housing um she's um oh where is it um anyway she she uh she talks about remember she had that quote where this this is like spring break for the parents yeah yeah you know these parents are kind of reliving their childhood and then you've got these kids kind of the popular kids kind of on the loose, you know, doing their own thing, hanging at the beach and stuff. And you got Duncan, who's just like swimming around in circles. And he's literally doing that on his bicycle at times, kind of driving around in circles, trying to find a place to, you know, to land. Yeah. Oh, and that's where he finds the water park. You know, like you said, he gets there and it's like, oh, my gosh, these are my people. This is my tribe. You know, everybody, mm. awkward, everybody has their intricacies, you know. Everybody, you know, nobody cares what you look like or whatever, and it's fun, and it's it's like, oh, this is what a summer experience is supposed to be about. Yeah, you know, and it's it, that to me, that's the best parts of the movie is the time that yeah. you know he spends with Sam Rockwell at the water park. Oh yeah, yeah. And even my Rudolph normally is overly funny in movies, and she's just kind of just you know toned down mm-hmm. version, you know, kind of you know the the voice of reason with Sam Rockwell, you know, mm-hmm. and it just it all melds together so well and. You know, this to me, the the you know, this this the symbolism too of certain things, it's kind of like um Trent's daughter. Um, 
I can't remember her name. Um, but just the names they give to people, like Trent. Okay, that's the like a if you wanted to name somebody as this kind of affluent, you know, jerk, it would be Trent. Yeah. Like his daughter's yeah. boyfriend's name is Chad. And it's like these names are just like they're out of like, you know, yeah. a book of okay, what's these names that they they bring these images into your head of what these people are? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And you know, and uh, it's it's it man i love this movie so much like i can yeah. i could watch this movie over and over again and get different parts out of it yeah which is what we we talk about how you know what good movies are made of you know yeah. um, um the uh, um the son of allison janney you talked about yeah. you know, his issue with his eye well instead of dealing with it like real you know you know being real melodramatic about it they deal with it in a comedy way mm -hmm. you know it's funny you know they're it's just like you know and sam rockwell's you know poking fun at and giving him kind of like props hey man you know that's a cool thing you know and kind of uplifting him and and you know and even alice janney's character she's playing something somewhat similar to what she does in mom mm. she's such she's a serious actress you know if you're watching yeah. on the west wing and stuff like that i mean she's got so versatile but her character is really eccentric yeah. So in this movie, and it's it's she plays well with Tony Collette's character because Tony Collette's more reserved, and Alice mm -hmm. James' character is just kind of over the top and bombastic. You know what I mean? Kind of, you know, even that scene where we're on the boat and she's like, they're all going on a boat. She's like, she just shows up with her son. She's like, yeah, I invited myself and gets on this like date. Yeah, get over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, you know, in the. And just to give credit, uh, Nate Faxon and Jim Rash are the um, are the writers and directors. They, right. they they team wrote it, team directed, and um, you know, like you said, man, this is one of those. You know, like I was watching it. You know, I watched it again before we did this podcast. You know, and I'd and I've watched it probably five or six times at least. You know, before that, and um but it hit me even harder yesterday when I was watching it again, how good of writing those, the first two scenes are. Okay. And I mean, you talked about the first scene, right? But the first scene sets it up. If you went into that movie thinking Steve loving Steve Carell from Michael Scott or whatever, then you immediately realized I hate this guy. Right. <laughs> I don't like this. This guy, is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. This is not the Steve Carell I'm used to watching on screen. Right. And, and but but they did it in such a way that it it just flows. Right. And you don't you don't really you just you're like okay. You're you're not caught up in it's just so weird seeing Steve Carell do something different. You're not caught up in that at all because the that first scene sets it up so perfectly. Right. And it sets up the rest of the movie. Um and then when Allison Jenny comes in, it sets up her character because she's a freaking tornado, man. Right. She just comes right. in and she's got, you know, monologue after monologue. I mean, she's just just spitting stuff out and just talking about she's different a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse, especially in this movie. And you and you learn so much about what's going on at the Hamptons and what, you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, just sets up the whole rest of the movie that just from 
that little one little scene, you know, of her coming in, you know, I mean, there, there's just so much that happens with that. And, and the, the writing is just, um, it's, it's so good. And then, and I, and I watched an interview with the, with the writers and, um, Jim Rash plays a character named Lewis, which he's, he's funny in this. He's kind of a oh, he's, guy yeah. that, you know, tired of working at the, at the water park yeah. and he's, you know, re, you know, kind of always saying he's ready to leave or whatever. And, and, uh, was, was him and his negative attitude with Sam Rockwell's Owen's positive attitude is a great combination or whatever. Right. And then, um, Nate Faxon plays Robbie, uh, who's, um, kind of a, another worker there and kind of looks like, you know, seems like Owen's, you know, probably best friend or whatever at the, mm -hmm. at the park. But, uh, Jim Rash did say in writing, uh, this, the dealing with the, the boyfriend did with Steve Carell, Duncan's dealing with him is, uh, from real life, from something he dealt with, with his stepdad. Right. And, um, you know, and, and that, and I guess, you know, that's part of the reason I guess I like it too, is I, mm -hmm. I dealt with a jerk stepdad for a while in my life too. Right. And, uh, you know, and so it, it connects with something that a lot of kids and a lot of people that were raised in that type of situation. So even if you're not a kid going through it, even as an adult, you relate to that kid because you've maybe gone through similar type of situations where some adults may have, you know, whether they meant to or not spoke mm -hmm. some things into your life that, that was hurtful, you know, and that was, and it was, has caused you pain right. and you, you know, you needed someone like an Owen and, you know, maybe, maybe you ended up having someone like an Owen that was spoke, you know, that told you that, that, Hey, that's on them. That's not on you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyway, we forgot about another character in this, you know, and well, we talked about it a little bit, but that car <laughs> right, is a key character, you know, which right. the name comes from, I guess we did talk about it, didn't we? But yeah. that car and the, that back seat, mm -hmm. the way, way back. The back seat is the cargo. Yeah. It's cargo oh, area, yeah. but there's a, yeah. There's a seat there. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that they had in those old station wagons yeah. where I remember those days, you know, comedians have talked about it and, you know, have told jokes about it or whatever, but it's, you know, you know, you're, you're getting a whole view of the trip that, you know, it's like you're in a different car, you know, yeah. you're, you're in the same car with your loved ones, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's like, you're not even, you're not a part of the rest of the group. And right. that's the way Duncan felt, you know? And, yeah. uh, so, you know, in the first scene, they're in the car. And so immediately just by that symbolism. Uh, and then, of course, the car plays a big role toward the end of it also. Um, man, it's just it, and it is a. Like I said, it's it's a it's funny. It's got some good humor. In it, um, there's no. Um, it's got a little bit of language, not 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 too bad. Mm -hmm. It's got um PG thirteen, right? I think so. Yeah, it's not a it's kind of the content a little bit more than anything. Yeah. It's not uh uh it's a it's a good 
it's a good, you know, just a good fun, fun. It's, it's fun. And it's, it's feel good. Right. I'd say. Well, we, we talked about it too, where, you know, he's Duncan's not only um, made to sit in the very back and face the other direction, but which is of course where the title comes from the way, way back. But mm. he's get he has an alternate view on life in general mm. than everybody in his life. You know, that's why he's the, you know, the fish out of water. That's why he kind of, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, Sam Rockwell sees things in him mm. that you can tell Sam Rockwell saw himself mm. and he's wanting Duncan to embrace those parts of himself where Trent, the stepdad is wanting him to not embrace that because it ruins his cool factor mm. by having this kind of dorky, you know, future stepson, you know, main kind of deal. Mm. And it's like, almost like we talked about it where he's not only regulated to the very back, but it's like, he's the baggage with the mom. It's not only he's treated yep. like, baggage, but he's like, okay, if he, you know, Trent's like, you know, basically trying to mold him into his ideal son, mm. you know what I mean? That would be, you know, part of the, the cool click, yeah. you know? And it's like, she, you know, he, well, I want to be with the mom and he's, well, she's got this little, you know, she's got this luggage that she's yeah. got to carry around, which is her son. You know, yeah. and he's, you know, he's, he's different than what I would want my son to be. And mm. it's just this dynamic of, like I said, between, you know, these parents trying to relive their childhood, you know, even mm. as much as him, you know, Trent going back and getting a car, just like he had, or his dad had when he was a kid mm. and them going to their little Hampton spring break for adults. Mm. And these kids are, you know, these popular kids are living their lives, you know, basically, you know, you know, uh, you know, unmonitored. You know, and Duncan's like in the middle of it, who has a different view on life than everybody else. Mm. And he's, you know, he's facing the other direction, which also too, you know, I thought about it, you know, you know, like in the old uh, carriages and stuff, you know, you know, stagecoach and things like that, you know, or even like some of the, the first models of the cars, you know, they call that the bumper seat. Yeah. And that's where like the servants would sit. Yeah. You know, like say it's a stagecoach and that, you know, say inside was, you know, a aristocrat or somebody, whoever else, you know, the servant sat facing the direction, you know, mm. everybody else sat facing forward and, you know, is so basically that he, he feels like he's, he's a, he's a, he's an object instead of a person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's just an inanimate object. I'm just like, well, he's, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just kind of along for the ride or whatever, but, you know, even in him in the back, that's where he first gets gets his first view of Sam Rockwell's character. Mm. You know, and and it's almost like Sam Rockwell kind of gives him the kind of the thumbs up and the nod, like you know, yeah. acknowledgement. You know, hey, you know, I'm I'm one of your people, kind of thing or whatever. And it, it, that first moment where he kind of like has a little bit of a moment of a little bit of a smile on his face. So yeah, but yeah, I just man, I just love this movie because it's it's character driven. The dialogue's not over the top. They don't you know. Mm have any over the top performances, the, uh, you know, it's like you said, the beginning, it sets the tone for the entire movie of who these two characters are, Duncan and Trent. Mm. And it's, it's very, it's very well organized. It's, 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 it's a fun watch. It's not like it's depressing. Yeah. All, there's moments of it where it's, uh, but it's, it's. Oh, you leave with a smile. Yeah. Yeah. You leave with a smile, but you, uh, you talked about, uh, was it, um, uh, uh, Nate, one of the writers, Nate uh, Raskin, is what he said his name was. 
Nate Faxon. Yeah. He's the he's the guy that's you've seen more that I've seen more. And so like I said, he's he's in the Connors and he's been a bunch of stuff. Mm. So you'll recognize his face when you see him. He's always been like a you know character actor or whatever. And he's he's a you know kind of another oddball there too, you know, and it just I mean, I just you like I said, you could watch this movie over and over again and kind of see the storylines of some of the characters mm-hmm. and see how they kind of, you know, uh, show Duncan the path a little yeah. bit, you know, and, and, but uh, you, you said that the, your research, you talked about, there's a alternate ending that they talked yeah, about. Originally this movie had been sold to a big, a big studio, I think, or something. Uh, someone, someone had the rights to it, and it was going to be made as a as a as a bigger picture, and that somehow fell through. Mm-hmm. But when it one of the problems was is the Hollywood people or whatever. Um, in the in the interview I I listened to, uh, they called it the Hollywood ending. Right. There was a Hollywood ending. Uh, and and I'm we're not we won't give away the ending, mm-hmm. but the ending leaves some things unresolved. Mm-hmm. Not 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 that you and but it but you don't want them to be resolved. Like right. it it leaves you, it leaves you in some way hopeful for the future, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess is a good way to say it. Right. Um. But you know, without giving too much away, but there's a couple characters that the Hollywood ending sort of redeemed them. And the writers were like, we don't, we don't like that. We don't, we don't, we think, we think we need to leave it. And and so that's just one of the background things, you know, that's interesting to, to hear the writers talk about that. Cause this was a, you know, a passion project for them, something they had, Worked on and tried to get going for like eight years, I think. And, uh, the, you know, and then they ended up uh, directing it themselves and going with a lesser budget because they took it, did take it away from the, the Hollywood group. And, uh, but they were, and a lot of it was, you know, like Maya Rudolph said, she said, I was in because of uh, Nate and Jim. Right. She said, I, I, I think every, everybody, them. yeah, I think everybody would have read the script and seen the quality, mm. seen the story, you know, and, and, you know, big Hollywood producers and studios have ruined many a picture. Yeah. They're taking that away from the artists, you know, the screenwriters and the people that are the visionaries, you know, and you got to give them props for hanging on to that, you know, as long as it took, you know, and saying, no, this is the story, how we intend it. Like you said, the you know uh lewis's character uh, what's the, what's that writer's name the other writer james rash he said yeah he, a lot of it's based on parts of his life so it's like that's personal to him yeah a lot yeah. of this comes from a personal place so it's like okay i'm not going to give this over i'm just going to sit on this and wait until mm-hmm. it, you know i can do it how i want to do it you definitely you know as an artist you just gotta like give props to that because it's like you know he could have they could have easily just taken the money and ran yeah so okay, you know do it how you want to do it but man it just I think them holding out is made to such an amazing picture. Yeah. Because I mean, we've all seen where, you know, sometimes the last five minutes of a movie just completely run the first hour and a half that you watched it. Yeah. This is not like that. So, yeah. But well, Joey, I want to talk about uh, Duncan. 
uh, character, Liam James, the guy who played him, he, um, he does such a great job acting in this. And he, he, he really, um, embodies this character so well. He's, he kind of is, he, he sort of is who Duncan is. He, he, you know, he's kind of that nerdy type guy. He, he just, you know, he's, you almost like, you almost feel like he's not that great of an actor yet. He's acting his tail off in it. Right. You know, right. it's, it's almost like he's, um, you know, he, he does some just little things in it that just make it just really, really good stuff. You know, he's, he's that, you know, he, he, his facial expressions, I mean, his just like when he smiles, you're like, you feel so good for him, you know, in, in, in this movie, you know, when he, when he laughs, you know, you're like, man, this way to go, kid, you know? Well, he's, he's so, he's so relatable because like I said, we, you know, he's in that awkward stage that so many of us have been through and mm. our people we've known been through and it's genuine, you mm. know, so it's, it's definitely a character you root for. Oh, for sure. You see a reflection in him, you know, you see a reflection of yourself in him because mm. you've either went through, you know, at a younger age or later age, you've kind of went through that, that, that Same. in your life where you kind of didn't fit in or you were growing faster or, yeah. you know, you weren't, you know, you weren't up to date on the fashions or whatever it was. You kind of felt like it. So yeah. that's why it's so relatable. But, but yeah, he's, he does a phenomenal job and, and no spoiler alerts, but there's a, there's a, a cool dance scene. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and one and one of the things he does is uh if you watch his his posture changes, mm. you know, he'll his posture like when he's at the Hampton house where around his mom and the boyfriend, Steve, you know, Trent, mm. he's his posture slumped over, you know, he's he's down, he's beat up, dejected, mm -hmm. not confident. But then as the more time he spends around Owen and even after he spends time around Owen, he brings some of that back to the Hampton house with him. You know, he mm -hmm. stands up to his mom and, or for his mom there right. in one scene. And, 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 you know, he, his shoulders start rolling back and he starts having more confidence. You know, there's a scene where, he's at the water park and, and this girl that he's been at the beginning, the next door neighbor girl, he's tragically awkward with, <laughs> you know, he talks about the weather, you know, with her there at one point, but then they're walking around the water park and man, he, all of a sudden he's a whole different person, you know, right. he's got a little swag in his game. Yeah. His shoulders <laughs> are back. He's, he's, you know, quoting some of, uh, Owen's lines using some of his jokes and well he starts becoming comfortable in his own skin and Owen that's what Owen brings to him that's right you know, it's the same reason same thing he brings to was it Gilbert you know yeah more the eye and that's what Owen does it's like he builds them up and it's like hey, be you know walk into your truth that's you know, right comfortable in your own skin and be who you are you know brought in this yeah. world to be so and don't listen to there's a wonderful there's a there's such a good scene between Owen and, and Duncan um, that where that those two are kind of at the, the park's empty. It's early morning. They're at the top of the slide and Duncan's just been having a bad time. And 
I'm not going to tell you what happens in it, but it's a scene that just hinges the whole thing together and where, you know, just Owen, just, you know, Sam Rockwell's character is just, does so much good in that scene and says so many good things. And, uh, and anyway, but well, man, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. And Joey, we've been trying to, you know, Joe, we've been trying to come up with maybe a rating system, you right. know, for, for how we can rate these movies. Okay. And so we're going to, we're going to try out this. We're going to see if it catches with us. We're, we're going to try out. We're going to rate this a one to five serving spoons. Right. Cause at a potluck, Joe, there's a couple things that happen. First of all, if the, if the dish is good, you're going to dip out extra scoops. Right. You know, you're going to, you're going to really like it. So it's going to be what, you know, you're going to, you're going to look around at all the rest of the stuff and say, Hey, this one deserves some extra scoops on the plate. It, yeah. You, you get that, you get that paper plate bend that you will. You only have so much. Sagging. Well, you only have so much acreage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you gotta, you gotta economically look at that and say, okay, what, what am I going to do here? You know, because you know, you got fried chicken and you got, other dishes you know with cheese and taters and stuff mixed into them down the line and you're you know you're trying to figure out okay what what am i going to give space to here if it's good you're going to give you know you multiple serving spoons right and also man just as a guy that been at a lot of church potlucks one of the things is is when you're in line you know a lot of times you'll be at a table and there'll be someone at the other side Mm-hmm. and you have to wait if there's only one spoon in the dish right. and it's a popular dish you got to wait right. on that spoon mm-hmm. <laughs> okay and so what happens is if it's a real popular dish one of the little ladies from the kitchen's gonna come out and put another couple spoons in there because right. they see things are getting back the line's getting backed up because right. everybody's wanting that dish right okay? so so that's why we're going with serving spoons right so joey one to five, what would you rate this movie? Serving spoons. How many serving spoons would you give it? Um, I'd say a solid three and a half. Solid three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, it's it's pretty delicious. Um, it's pretty delicious. Um, yeah, I'd give it a solid three and a half. How about you? I I would go. I'd go to four. Yeah. I would go to four. Yeah, I, it's pushing four on my end too, but yeah. Yeah. I, I three and a half, four is about right, I think. It's, yeah. it's a solid movie, well written, well acted. Um there's not a lot to complain about. Yeah. It's just there's better movies out there, you know, and kind of like in kind of like in uh ice skating or whatever, you're never gonna give a perfect score, you know. Right. You're gonna you know are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you saying I'm judging from the Russian end? Yeah, that's right. You're the you're the Russian judge. I'm that nine point five when everybody else is putting up tens. That's right. That's right. No. <laughs> I'm rebelling. <laughs> Travis, oh, no, no. been a good one, man. Yeah, man, it's a good one. We'll um, keep paying attention to the podcast. Keep looking for more. We're gonna we'll have we'll have some more good movies. We got a we got a good list of uh, some good ones. Some of them are like this one that one of us have seen. The other one hadn't, and so we'll. We got to do some watching ourselves, but um, uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep plugging away. 
Let's eat. All right. Let's eat. Well, Joe, wrap us up, man. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been the Movie Potluck Podcast. It's been another enjoyable experience, Big T. So, man, until next time. Watch, like, share, comment. Let us know what you think uh, on the comments on the video, comments on social media, wherever you find us. Um, let us know what you think. Interact with us. Tell us movies we need to check out. Absolutely. Um, tell us, subscribe to this channel. All that good stuff. That's how things like this grow. And guess what, Joe? We want to grow. Yeah. Grow. All right. Keep taking, taking in scoops. That's right. All right. Man, have a good one, Joe. All right, buddy. We'll see you. The preceding podcast is the sole property of Bear Meets World Media Group, LLC. Any copying, distribution, or use of its imagery or audio without express written consent is strictly prohibited by law.